0: <laughs> so, you just got back from an even mag- more magical world than I was I in. I did. You went just, to Orlando. I went to Orlando
1: for the first time in my life. And How was that? It was awesome. Spent four days at Universal Studios with some of my closest friends and walked until our feet felt like they were going to fall off.
0: You oh, know? <laughs> that's awesome. I'm so happy for yeah. you. What a nice got,
1: break. Got mistaken for a park employee multiple times by tourists and park employees. It was uh, It was interesting. It was fun.
0: Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you got a little break. And it's also Veterans Day (laughs) as of recording. So thank
1: you for your service, sir. Thank you, everybody that's a veteran, current and previously. Thank you for your service.
0: Yes, thank you. And we'll never forget. And uh, thank you for your sacrifice. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Uh, We are also, hey, it's also our last episode of the season. It
1: is. It is our last episode of the season. We're taking December off.
0: Stay with us. Um, We promise we'll be back. We We have all kinds of really cool things planned. We have awesome
1: stuff planned for season two, which will start in the new year. We were thinking about doing an episode for December, but we just were both really busy and everybody's busy with the holidays. I've got a show coming up that I'm going to be performing in. And I just have rehearsals out the wazoo for the rest of the month. So yeah,
0: I've got baking and blankets and you know, my own, I've got some video projects to do and stuff. And I'm coming up to, uh, this as of this Wednesday. Um, so it'll be, it'll have been yesterday on the 15th. I'm in charge of this really big sweeps piece at work. And, uh, um, and I'm just, I'm super, super excited about it. I'm very, very nervous. But we're basically doing a low-budget Double Dare. I know.
1: I'm so excited.
0: And we, guys, we made the nose. <laughs> they
1: made the nose. We made the so nose. It so cool.
0: My uncle helped me make the nose. And it, oh, it's... It's really cool. We're gonna have to it's, post
1: pictures of it. On
0: absolutely. <laughs> I mean, because you instead of the slime, I did something a little bit different and stuff. So I'll make sure that the video is posted. It's gonna be really cool. It's really neat. So, all right.
1: Yeah. Um. Let's see what else. Oh yeah. Like well, like we said, season two will be out in sometime in January. So mm-hmm. don't expect any episodes from us next month at all. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we've decided that June and December will be our our off months, just to kind of like. Get everything squared away and ready for the next season. Yeah, but take <laughs> our
0: vacations. and.
1: But we you know, are. Not
0: that we don't. Between, yeah. But, yeah but, um, but still, you know, to, to really bring in some really cool material for you mm-hmm. guys, do some really awesome research, maybe come up with, we may have videos soon. We may have, you know, more photo shoots yep. and stuff, more, uh, more ways for you guys to get involved. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And if you guys have any ideas, please feel free to yeah. let us know. Conspiraciesencrypted
1: at gmail.com. Yep. Um, we're also talking about the potential of doing a live show some point next year. So if you're in and around the Sacramento area, we would love to have you come to our live show. We'll have more details on that as we get closer, but yeah, so that's it's in the works.
0: In the works, maybe next year, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, just keep an eye out for us and keep telling your friends. Well, the likelihood of us doing it will will definitely it, depend on you guys yep, spreading the word. Yep. So, so tell
1: everybody, tell everybody, everybody. Because our demographic is like literally teenagers to people in their sixties. So, I love it. So there's there's no we like, love each th- and every one of everybody you. Everybody is welcome and everybody seems to like it. So yeah. Um. All right. So I guess we'll get started. Let's um, get started. I or you shook the penny last time. So yeah. I'm gonna shake the penny for our thoughts this time. Okay. So you get to pick.
0: All right. And I'm gonna pick um seasons. I made a nose this week. Let's go with the heads
1: tails hey, okay. I am to listen. My favorite. Okay, so, since this is our unofficial holiday episode, I thought about talking about... Uh, well, you know, just from us rolling right in from Halloween to holidays, I thought about covering the cryptid known as Thanksgiving, <laughs> seeing as people <laughs> claim to see it, but nobody can actually prove it exists.
0: That'd be easy.
1: <laughs> Only in America, too. <laughs> However, I ultimately decided to ignore it, just like everyone else does, and go right into a Christmas cryptid. A Christid, if oh, you will.
0: hey. Well, oh, I, I have a feeling I know where you're going with it, and this is going to be puns of
1: plenty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk about Santa Claus.
0: Ah, yay! Everyone's favorite gnome.
1: (laughs) Everyone's favorite jolly fat elf. Jolly fat elf.
0: (laughs) Please uh, tell me everything about this man. Everything
1: about this jolly fat elf. Okay, so modern day Santa Claus is actually a blend of four different legends and stories um, throughout different cultures. So I'm going to go into each one just a little bit. Uh, Saint Nicholas is the one that probably most people are familiar with. Uh, He was a 4th century Greek... Christian, bishop, or monk, depending on where you look, uh, from what is now Turkey, but was at the time the Byzantine Empire. Byzantine? Byzantine? Byzantine.
0: Byzantine.
1: It's spelled with a Y, though, so I thought it might be Byzantine. Byzantine Empire. Uh, Nicholas was known for his generosity and giving gifts to the poor, and in one of the most famous stories about him, he even provided three poor sisters uh, with dowries so they would not have to be sold into slavery or into the sex trade. Wow. Yeah. Uh, St. Nicholas was a very real person, and his remains can be found in the cities of Barrie and Venice in Italy. Scientific investigations into the traditional pilgrimages to these two cities um, to pay tribute to this patron saint have confirmed that the remains in both separate cities do in fact belong to the same skeleton. So there, there were two different crusades, and they only brought back pieces of the skeleton. Interesting. So, so both it's like cities his- have like half. We got, like, a rib over here. We <laughs> got an arm over here. And a femur over in the other got place. A
0: phalange <laughs> somewhere else.
1: A Christmas phalange. A
0: Christmas phalange. <laughs> Kiss uh, me under the mistletoes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, aside from being the patron saint... Patron... I almost said Patreon saint. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, we have a Patreon. By the way, we have a Patreon. Um, aside from being the patron saint of children... Uh, Nicholas has also been claimed to be the patron saint of archers, sailors, and even pawnbrokers. Wow. I don't know how he... That's very oddly specific to be the patron saint of pawnbrokers. I feel like that legitimately would be the patron saint of pawnbrokers.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) That's that's exactly... Santa. (laughs) Well, Uh, Saint Nick. (laughs) Saint
1: Nick. Uh, Originally, the Feast of St. Nicholas was celebrated on the anniversary of his death on December 6th. So, remember that date, because that's going to come in a couple more times. Okay. So, um, his feast was celebrated on December 6th, with gifts being given to children on the evening prior, so December 5th. However, when the pagan holiday of Yule was taken over by Christianity, the celebration was moved accordingly to December 24th and 25th, and his name was changed to Santa Claus. Oh. Yeah.
0: Interesting.
1: So, the next... Legend is about Wodan, Odin, Yolnir, or Langabor. Or oh, Langebror. It Sounds like so we're it's going multiple, Viking. Multiple names. Yes, it is very Viking. Very cool. So, speaking of Yule, it's a midwinter event celebrated by many of Germanic descent prior to Christianization. A lot of Yuletide traditions were carried over into the celebration of Christmas and can be found in today's Christmas time mythos. Uh, for example, like the Christmas tree was actually a symbol of fertility during Yuletide. Oh. And the gifts underneath it were supposed to be like gifts of children and, and oh. you know, supposed to symbolize fertility. What? Also, the Wild Hunt is something that's kind of carried over, and you'll see why here in a second. It was a ghostly procession across the sky, led by the god Odin in Norse, myth- Norse mythology, and gave way to the imagery of Santa and his flying reindeer flying through the sky to deliver gifts. I
0: see where the layers of different stories. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah.
1: So, Woden, or Odin, uh, went by many other names that include Yolnir, which means Yule figure, and Langabror, which translates to long beard. Oh! So Odin's appearance of being dressed in robes and having a long white beard gave way to many popular depictions of Father Christmas.
0: And your Coca-Cola Santa.
1: And your Coca-Cola Santa. I see. And now I'm going to get into Father Christmas. Okay. Who is a British figurehead of the Yule and Christmas time. Ah,
0: so now we say Happy Christmas.
1: Happy Christmas. Yeah. I see. So Father Christmas is probably the closest legend we have to modern Santa Claus. Appearing as early as the 16th century in England, he was originally depicted as a large man with green or red robes lined with fur. Father Christmas personified the spirit of Christmas cheer, peace, joy, good food, and wine. Oh. <laughs>
0: Santa, I'm liking you more and more,
1: man. Santa, you yeah, Norse mu- Norse, lush. You, Oh, my goodness. No one of the rosy cheeks, huh? <laughs> Right? Oh. Gotta stay um, warm somehow. He's my favorite Norse lush. Hmm. Um, it was around this time that the celebration of Christmas was moved from December sixth, St. Nicholas death anniversary, to December twenty-fifth, coinciding with Christmas Day. One of the most popular depictions of Father Christmas was in Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol from eighteen forty-three, where he was represent or where he represented the ghost of Christmas present and sported a green coat lined with fur.
0: Oh, green. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, But that's
1: where we get the red yeah, and green for I Christmas. See. Because Santa was traditionally depicted in either red or green robes, so. Interesting. Yeah, so we're learning a little bit about Christmas, I too. I am. And then the last uh, legend and character I'm going to talk about is Sinterklaas.
0: Ah, oh, now that's <clears> my <throat> people.
1: Which is, yes, that is very Dutch. Yes, <laughs>
0: that's, that's
1: <laughs> and my <Netherlands>. people. <sighs> So the name Santa Claus is a household name across the English-speaking world, but the name itself actually has its origins in the Netherlands and Belgium, where he's known as Sinterklaas. In fact, to this day, the population of the Netherlands almost sees Sinterklaas as a completely separate entity from Santa Claus, with roughly 26% of Dutch celebrating Sinterklaas evening on December 6th, which yep. was St. Nicholas's and death day. And I have day. clogs, actually. Do uh, you? Yep. <clears throat> you put your
0: shoe out. Of course, nobody fills my shoe anymore.
1: Oh, yeah, because they put out clogs to fill instead of stockings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, 21% celebrating with Santa Claus on the 25th, and around 26% celebrating both holidays. So in Belgium, Sinterklaas Day is the holiday set aside for giving gifts specifically to children, where Christmas Day is the holiday where all ages receive gifts. That explains a lot. Yeah, Yeah. so the people who celebrate both holidays on the 6th, children get gifts. And then on the 25th and 26th, um, everybody Everybody gets gifts. So, description. Although he probably doesn't need a description, but I'm going to stay true to the holiday and shove it in your face anyway.
0: (laughs) Please do, just like (laughs) fruitcake.
1: Just like fruitcake. Santa is a human. Or human has human characteristics, albeit being immortal. Mm-hmm. You know, because Santa Claus has been around since what did I say? The fourth oh, century. Yeah, I think Saint so. Nicholas was fourth center, century, so three hundred BC. Wow. We've
0: been building him yeah. for a no, long 300
1: time. No, three hundred AD, not BC. So he's been around for ages and ages and ages. Yeah. Um, usually he's depicted as being tall, at least in comparison to children, standing at about six feet. Um, sometimes taller, depending on where you look um portly and overweight midsection often described as jiggling like a bowl full of jelly oh yes <clears throat> oh, hello um, rosy facial features probably indicative of someone who is constantly on the brink of frostbite or who has apparently drank too much wine oh <laughs> Santa, now, we know, now how we know your secrets out that's how you keep warm during the winter yeah A uh, voluptuous white beard Has a ho-ho-ho chortle that often accompanies overweight men. Spooky. (laughs) (laughs) And wears all red so as to blend in with the white surroundings of the North Pole. Hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to include as many terrible jokes as I can.
0: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Okay, so now I'm going to get into some sightings. And this was a little difficult because usually when I try to go with sightings... I try to stick with adult sightings of cryptids and stuff because children are very impressionable. They and, are. yeah. You know, oftentimes they'll see something and it's just a dog, but, oh, I saw Bigfoot. But... Yep. But there aren't really There's a lot, lot. of adults that do mm-hmm. that, too, though. But. I mean, yeah, but not as many. <laughs> yes. They're no, a little bit more reliable than children. However, there really aren't a lot of adult sightings of Santa Claus. Nah. So, but I did have one. I couldn't find any source for it. I found it on a couple of different websites, but no names, no nothing about where it was from. But it was an adult, and they said that they were driving by a lonely McDonald's, and they saw something dash through the clouds. We can make out... Uh, we could all make out Santa's sleigh and nine reindeer, including Rudolph's nose. Interesting. And this was an adult. Mm-hmm. But now I'm going to get... Was uh, mm-hmm. the
0: adult uh, the owner of the ro- arose Such a Clatter uh, ladder Company?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like maybe the adult was partaking in some of Santa's wine.
0: Oh. Oh. <laughs> Deep
1: cut. <laughs> you stop on those grapes. So much Those
0: shade. holiday grapes. <laughs>
1: um, okay, so now I'm going to get into more sightings. There's, I've got a, quite a few. They're they're little stories, but mostly they're from children. So, um, this one's from Bristol, England in the year 2000. I'm 14 now, but this happened back in 2000 in my old house in Bristol, England. I was with my mum and dad and my sister. It was about midnight on Christmas Eve and I was the only one awake because I was really excited. I could hear these big footsteps in my living room. I was quite scared. That sounds so British. I was quite scared. <gasps> And I could also hear bells tingling above me. Oh,
0: there there it is again. There it is again.
1: So I wanted to see what was going on. I walked down the stairs very slowly, and I could see this big man putting presents around my living room. I wanted to say something, but I was too scared to do it because I thought he would be angry. I ran back upstairs and went to sleep. I was so convinced I saw the real Santa and told everyone in the morning, but no one believed me. It's probably
0: your dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, like, my, uh, I remember twice actually. I, well, actually, the, I caught my mom once. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was wrapping presents as she was putting them, uh, under the tree. Sorry, anybody, that I just <laughs> ruined the secret. But, uh, uh, yeah. And she, uh, she, I came down and she's, I was like, Mom, what are you doing? And she's like,
1: Nothing, honey. Just go back to bed. And I was like, Okay. Went back to sleep. Mm. Didn't think anything of it. So, so she, like, lucked out that time. So my parents never, encouraged belief in Santa Claus. They told me even from like a very young age that Santa's not real. Oh
0: really? I mean even- I,
1: I chose to believe in you Santa choose. anyway. My I parents were it. like, no Sammy, Santa's not real and I was like, Yes he is. I believe in him anyway. But I love no it. mom and dad put the presents under the tree. No. No. santa does so <laughs> i was a firm believer
0: my dad would do the uh
1: he put the powdered sugar in the boots
0: and mm-hmm. then stamp them around on gotcha. the the mantle so that was a, a neat little trick it he cute. did uh, you know one year mm-hmm. like, oh, that's adorable then never again
1: <laughs> okay so this sighting comes from new york city in 2002 2004 and 2007 they're all from the same person though Uh, It was Christmas Eve 2002 in New York City. My parents had invited some friends and relatives over for dinner, sort of like a Christmas Eve celebration. After that, I decided to go to my room to watch some television, but there was nothing good to watch. I then found myself pacing back and forth in the hallway. My house is big, so there was no one with me. Everyone was in the living room watching a movie I wasn't interested in. About seven minutes into my pacing, I saw a tall, fat figure scurry away about 20 feet away from me. It was crouched down, too. It was even wearing some sort of Santa Claus suit. I didn't believe in Santa, but this just freaked me out. There was a strange man in my house. I quickly ran to where my parents were and told them all about it. They grinned at me and said jokingly, maybe it was Santa Claus. I didn't believe that, so I just sat down in the living room with my family and everybody else. Then it occurred again on Christmas Eve 2004. I remember it more vividly than the last one. I was lying on the couch in the living room. My parents were in the kitchen having a conversation about business... a business blog or something. Suddenly, I saw a huge man about seven or eight feet tall crawl underneath the tree and just vanish. Before it disappeared, it looked at me and said, shh. Very strange, so I went into the kitchen and sat with my parents. That's creepy. That's really creepy. Similar happenings occurred the following Christmases. I recall one in 2007. It was daylight this time, and I just happened to see another tall figure with a Santa hat trudge by me for two seconds, then it was gone. This really happened. Wow. Yeah. Oh
0: my. Wow. Well.
1: Yep. Well. <clears throat> hit, well.
0: Hitting the candy canes a little early there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I'm just going to, like, I have so many of these. I'm just going to pick a couple more. Um, this one's called White Santa, 1969. I had an experience when I was three years old and still young enough to wear footed pajamas. I can't believe this person remembers being three years old. I remember yeah. four, but three? Okay.
0: Yes, children.
1: <sighs> the year was maybe 1969 Christmas Eve. I wanted to see what Santa had brought me, so I quietly walked down the hallway and looked around the corner to our living room. I saw my parents and someone I didn't know hanging around our Christmas tree. The stranger was an old white or an old guy with a white beard and hair with a red suit. I quick it's so weirdly worded. I quickly went back to my room as fast as I could with footed pajamas and slid into bed. I told my mom what happened many years later and she insisted that I was dreaming or that it was my dad that wasn't possible because my dad was sitting in a chair behind the stranger and my mom was standing right next to my dad i am african american and during that time of and during that time the tenants in our building were all african american so white santa stood out
0: we oh now that's interesting that's kind
1: of interesting i
0: wonder well, i wonder if it was a reflection on a tv or something
1: maybe who knows
0: you know you never know that's You'd interesting
1: huh. uh this one's from scotland in 1978 An old friend came to see me a couple of weeks ago. We lost touch years ago, but he managed to trace me down and he brought me a Christmas card. After a few minutes, I asked him if he remembered the Christmas Eve about 30 years ago when we were outside our houses. We grew up next to each other. It must have been around 7.30 p.m. on a clear night when we suddenly heard a bell or bells in the distance getting closer real fast. As we both looked up, there was the reindeer, the sleigh, and Santa flying very fast and low over my house. It was brief, but we both ran to tell our families. Of course, everyone laughed, and I'll, but I'll tell you it was real. So when my friend turned up and I asked him if he remembered, he said, of course he did. But he didn't like telling people about it now. You can imagine why.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Imagine telling anybody you think you saw Santa. Yeah. I, wonder I feel why. like it wouldn't
1: go well. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like people would believe me more about Bigfoot than they would about Santa Claus.
0: Yes. I which
1: think says something. Right. This one's from Australia. I had to include a story from Australia since there are number two listeners. love it. Still. Still. S- oh, still. Hey. They're still holding on strong. Holding on strong. Uh, this happened long ago when I was about 10 years old. So this is a little bit older. Our house was in the suburbs. I swear that on one Christmas Eve, I was sleeping in my room when I heard my backyard door open, then close, and then a minute later open and closed again another three times each about a minute apart.
0: Santa don't use the chimney, uses the back door. Apparently.
1: I thought it must... Well, I mean, they don't really... That's true, they have, wouldn't have chimneys wouldn't in Australia. They wouldn't really have chimneys in Australia. It doesn't get cold Santa enough, I don't think. Santa
0: uses the back... Tell us how you guys just explain Santa in oh, Australia. Yeah. I want
1: to hear all the different ways that Santa gets into houses. Yeah. Because, you know, in, in America and the UK, it's chimneys. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in a lot of places around... Well, in the US and the UK, it gets cold enough that we... Need fireplaces, yeah. But places like Australia, they I can't es- imagine that they would need fireplaces. So if they, yeah, how even do you
0: find those areas? They even care about Santa. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Let us
1: know. Uh, message us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, yeah. email. You Reach know, out. let us know how Santa gets into your breaks into your houses in your country.
0: Yes. How do fat white men find your way the <laughs> living
1: room under the fireplace? Um. Okay. So do 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 ba 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 ba. Um, I thought it must have been my parents bringing in our presents from the garage, although I don't recall seeing them go past my bedroom to their room. I was hiding under the covers at the time. On another Christmas Eve, I tried to sneak down to the living room and tried to catch Santa, but I chickened out and left. As I was walking back to my bedroom, I passed our front door and the light came on from outside, and I thought I could see the shadow of someone outside. Of course, now that I think about it, it could have just been a passerby or a cat or something, or maybe, just maybe, it could have been Santa.
0: Santa's a cat. Now so, there you go. There's an idea.
1: There's a thought. So, and I can't, I can't justify doing this podcast without leaving you with a creepy story. No, oh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> creepy Santa. No, this isn't. This isn't so, Krampus. Okay, I was gonna say it's that. Not, that'll be it's a different dime. Straight up, this is creepy just Santa. this is just a creepy story about Santa. I love it. So I was five years old and I was in my room when I heard shuffling in the living room. I got up and peered around the doorway where I saw a man in a Santa suit standing in front of the Christmas tree. He must have felt my presence because he turned around and looked at me. He didn't look jolly or kind and happy like you would expect Santa Claus to look. He looked kind of eerie like he was staring into my soul. Automatically, I ran into my parents' room and hid under the covers. I don't know why I was so scared at the time, but I wrote it off as a dream for a while before I forgot about it completely. Years later, I remembered it, however. I thought it could have been a burglar, but when I asked my parents, nothing was ever missing from that apartment. The only time we were ever robbed was when we moved later on. The only explanation I have now is that it was some kind of apparition. Sounds like so, Santa just pooped himself and he just a thousand <laughs>
0: yards stare like, oh,
1: what do I do? <laughs> you caught Santa with his poop, his pants his down.
0: His pants down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that would be really freaky. Like, Santa just. Not
1: being, like, happy and jolly, but being creepy. Like, uh, ugh. I mean, think that about just, it, though. Like, a six, seven foot tall fat man and just breaking just, into your house and just staring at you. That's. That's terrifying. Dashes and dances all
0: over my dreams. (laughs) Boy. Wow.
1: So, now to finish this out, I have different explanations as to how Santa could possibly be real. One of them is that maybe he's an extraterrestrial. Oh. Or an alien. Oh. There are some theorists out there that believe that Santa might just be from another planet, and that's how he's able to travel around so fast is because he's got extraterrestrial... um, like, technology to let him travel faster than, like, the speed of light. Beam me up, Elfie. (laughs) Um, Another one is that he's a ghost. Oh. Which this kind of does fit in with the Santa Claus lore with him being the ghost of Christmas present. That's true. So some people think that maybe... (laughs) Presents. (laughs) Presents. Presents. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so some people think that maybe he's a ghost and, you know, that he just haunts everybody at the same time. Hmm. I don't know. Um, quantum physics, again. Oh. Just like with Slenderman. Of course. So maybe maybe Santa Slenderman. Yeah. Except for he's not Slender. He's He's a rotund he's man.
0: Like Sleigh Bell Daddy. Sleigh bell we had daddy. Slender oh, God. Daddy
1: and Oh God, no. Sleigh balls. So quantum physics might explain Santa's ability to travel everywhere simultaneously. Um, I'm actually going to get into this one a little bit more than I did with Slenderman. So In a famous experiment known as the two-slit test, physicists have been able to fire a single quantum particle at an opaque plate with two separate slits in it. The diffraction pattern seen on the other side of the slit suggests that the particle passes through both holes at once and interacts with itself. However, if detectors are placed at the slits to see which slit the particle passes through, the diffraction pattern disappears and the particle can be seen to pass through either one slit or the other, but not both. So, now let's think about Santa Claus acting as a quantum particle, obeying the rules of the quantum world. Following the logic of the two-slit experiment, it's perfectly possible for him to visit all the good children of the world simultaneously, provided that he does so unseen. Because with that quantum particle passing through the two slits, as long as nobody was watching it, it passed through both slits at the same time. Oh. But when when it was being monitored, it only passed through one.
0: If a tree falls in the woods, does Santa deliver your present?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, basically, this is saying that as long as Santa goes unseen, he's able to travel to all the places in the world simultaneously and deliver presents. But if he's spotted, his wave function will collapse, and he will be revealed as your dad with a comedy beard after all.
0: Interesting. Everybody look down.
1: So, I thought that was kind of interesting. On Christmas
0: Day, just look down. Don't ruin it for anybody.
1: Also, fun fact, um, you know the NORAD Santa Tracker? Uh Uh-huh. That's run from the base that I currently work at. Is it
0: really? It really is. I kind of is it wasn't it <laughs> that it was a misprint in the like a, the newspaper for the like a, it originally it's like started as a telephone number and it was a misprint that went directly to the NORAD office and I, for, I forgot the whole like story but I looked it up last year and they like it was really I thought that was
1: really they, cute. They created like a, a GPS tracker for Santa Claus and they show him traveling around the world super super fast. Yeah. But yeah, that's actually run. From the base that I'm stationed at cool. and work at. Now, I've never seen it personally, but apparently they do offer tours around Christmas time for families to come see the Norad Tracker in, in like, in the works. How cool.
0: So, yeah, that's, that's awesome. a little fun
1: fact. Um, and then the very last explanation uh, for Santa Claus is, once again, my favorite, and it just goes directly with Slenderman, is that he's a tulpa.
0: Of course.
1: We've talked, we talked about tulpas yes. last time. Um, and there, there are some theorists that believe that Santa might actually be a Tulpa because of the fact that um, so many people are thinking about him all the time that it might have willed him into existence. So, um, let me also finish this up by showing you a couple of different pictures. So, that's St. Nicholas.
0: Okay. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. So, we actually have... I'll, I'll put these on the Instagram. Yeah. That's St. Nicholas. Um, which one is this? Which one is this? This one is Sinterclaus. I know. He kind of looks like Christmas Pope.
0: Yes, yes, he does. It's Christmas Pope.
1: Claus, Sinter- oh, the Christmas Pope. Yes. Um, this is Father Christmas.
0: Oh, he looks like a jolly guy. He does look like
1: a jolly guy. Uh, Only his beard isn't white. It's there's, brown.
0: There's an elf guy.
1: There is. No, that's, that's, um, Scrooge. Scrooge. That's Ebenezer Scrooge. Well,
0: I, oh yes. But the, I, oh, he just. Oh, he kind of looks elfish. He looks elfish. like
1: elfish, Yes. yes. And then this is Odin or Wodan.
0: Hey, I kind of I think I might start following him. He's yeah, cool. I so. like him. I like I like his. Uh, I like his vibe. vibe. Yeah, he's I got like he's vibe. got a good
1: vibe. Witness but um, me. but yeah. So that is that is Santa Claus, the Christmas cryptid or the Christid.
0: How nice. How nice. You know I. I, my parents, uh, they did encourage uh, Santa for mm-hmm. a long time. They wanted me to keep it up. And the kids across the street tried to tell me he wasn't real. And I was like, I can't hear you. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I was uh, maybe nine or ten, I think I like, finally kind of caught on, probably maybe a little bit earlier, but I didn't tell my parents when I caught on, because Mm -hmm. I was afraid I would stop getting presents if they knew.
1: (laughs) So, like, if the magic is over, what's the point? And then I finally,
0: like, told my mom, and she's like, yeah, no, it's totally fine, like, You'll still get presents. you still get presents. So um, yeah, and uh, even though we give each other gifts all year round. Yeah. Love you, Mom. So um, yeah, that's awesome. So
1: there's there's Santa Claus. Um, yeah, like I said, just jumping straight from Halloween into know. the holidays. Well, I'll
0: kind of break us off a little bit when we come back from the break. I and mean, this will be this will be fun though. I'm okay. gonna to try to work this into Holly Jolly Nazis.
1: Right. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> we'll all right, be we'll right be right, right back. Right back.
0: So we got fussy computer
1: all set up. All right. Fussy computer all okay. set up, postcard all written out.
0: Awesome. Hey, you guys oh, yeah, one of you have something coming to you.
1: Well, we can just announce it because they we, I don't think we ever announced that they upped their Patreon. Dimension. I don't think we did either. So um big huge thank you to Jason and Kate. J Man and K Spice. J Man and K Spice for um for joining the for being our first fifteen dollar tier patrons. Heck so yeah. Thanks guys. Thank you. So you're you've got a postcard coming in in the mail probably in the next yeah. couple of days.
0: So thank you. Thank
1: you. Oh, yeah. That's one of the little gifts and goodies we give out to our fifteen dollars patrons. Is we give out yeah. a postcard every month. That's you know got a nice little love note from each yes. of us. So
0: we try. We'll try to be creative.
1: Yeah, and so. get and get more postcards.
0: Hey, I like jokes. I like puns. So they may be in your mailbox. We'll there find you go. out. <laughs> All right. So it's our last episode for the holiday for the season. Mm-hmm. Like I said, uh, before we take a little break and dive headfirst into this holiday season, uh, let's you know. It's got. We've got, It's a time for s- snow and church bells and Christmas trees and Hanukkah celebrations and family feasts and especially avoiding that one uncle.
1: Mm. You know the mm. one I'm
0: talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to try to give you guys some ammo this year to beat him to the punch. A few episodes ago, I covered the moon landing conspiracy and the many theories that go, go along with it. And like I said, I couldn't even scratch the surface. And... I will come back to that story in a part two. Right, right. I'm still doing lots of research on that one. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to part for a moment to talk about another theory that was brought to my attention from uh, years before we stepped foot on the lunar surface in 1969. For decades, we've, been, we've uh, seen rumors of what's called Die Glocke, or it means the bell. It's a space traveling vessel developed by the World War II Nazis known as the German bell.
1: Okay, I've never heard of this. This
0: is fascinating. Okay,
1: I've n- literally never heard of this. So I'm really interested. Okay,
0: in fact, it's the heart of the German space program, the Nazi Bell, and it may have played a role in the development of Earth-based UFO technology.
1: Ooh, well, that's fascinating. I didn't, I didn't know the Nazis did anything other than you know. The awful things that they're known for. I didn't know that they made UFOs.
0: And this is bizarre and there's it may have a little bit of a connection to something in the United States too. so this is a okay, little strange. All right, all right. So there are some who claim that the Nazis have already reached infinity and beyond, landing on the moon, Mars, and the Aldebaran solar system mm-hmm. using this so-called bell. According to one article I read, the bell was a central part of the secret space program that began more than a century before the war, and many referred to the bell as the Wunderwaffe, or the Wonder Weapon. Okay. The German bell was first described by Polish journalist and author Igor Witowski in Mm. Pradwa o Wunderwaffe, or The Truth About the Wonder Weapon. Okay. Okay. It was later polarized by military journalist Nick Cook and other writers who associate it with Nazi occultism and anti-gravity or free energy research. But mainstream reviewers, like former aerospace, aerospace scientist David and Myra, are extremely skeptical the thing even existed. This thing is bizarre.
1: <laughs> um. I know. I can't. I, uh. I no, I don't know. Oh my God! Okay.
0: So it may have. It also it may have been developed by a team of top scientists and mm. engineers headed by SS General Hans Kammler. Kammler was also responsible for the Reich's V two uh, rocket program, the world's first working long range ballistic missile, which was used to terrorize London in the late stages of World War Two. Mm-hmm. Kammler was not a guy to be messed with either. I mean. Regardless, this guy actually existed, whether this bell did or not. Mm -hmm. And he joined the SS in 1941 and eventually became Oswald Pohl's deputy in the SS Main Economic Administrative Office. He oversaw Office D, or the administration of the concentration camp system, and was also chief of Office C, which designed and constructed the concentration and extermination camps. In his latter capacity, he oversaw the camp's conversion uh, or he oversaw the installation of more efficient cremation facilities at Auschwitz-Birkenau and of the camp's conversion to a, an extermination camp. And I hope this man Ugh. died a horrible, horrible, horrible death.
1: Ugh. Ugh.
0: But we'll get to that in a minute.
1: Okay. In Ugh. fact,
0: it's a little bizarre he was even assigned to any of this. <laughs> Causing a ruckus over there. <laughs>
1: Knocked over the modem. <laughs> We're Okay.
0: So uh, it's a little bizarre he was even assigned to this. Uh, Before the beginning of World War II, there are no indication that Kammler was involved in any advanced engineering projects apart from his educational background, which was civil engineering. Mm -hmm. They're just like, hey, you, you're twisted and, you know.
1: Creepy. Help
0: us eliminate poor innocent people, you know, stand-up guy. Ugh,
1: gross. Okay.
0: So let's go back to the bell for a minute. Mm -hmm. It looks just like a church bell, wide on the bottom and narrower on top. It's about 12 to 15 feet high and about 9 to 12 feet wide.
1: It kind of looks like a Dalek. Yeah, kind of. Like a Nazi Dalek. Like
0: a Dalek, like oddly, uh, it looks like a top. It's really strange. Like it does look like a church bell. Yeah. So those who claim to have knowledge about the bell say it was used to to making, uh, made using very hard heavy metal and coated with a much lighter metal material some say its developers also used beryllium peroxide and therium peroxide both of which are apparently very hard to make and that supposedly powers it Mm -hmm. it's also said to have been fueled by serum 525 also known as serum 25 a cherry red or maroon colored substance that was often referred to as red mercury The fuel was spun at extremely high speeds, charging an electrostatic tube and creating anti-gravity propulsion that could power spaceships to considerable heights. Historians say it was housed. Historians, Mm -hmm. I say that lightly. (laughs) Say it was housed in a facility known as the Giant, located near a mine near the Czech border. And there is, like, a cooling tower over there mm-hmm. that they say is probably just a cooling tower, but some say it's, like, part of part the of launch pad for yeah. this thing.
1: This is so bizarre. This sounds like something from a comic book movie. Right?
0: It sounds like something out of, like, the, um, uh, what, Hydra? I mean, I mean the, the, um, like, Captain America villain. Yeah, villains. I mean, it Like, just, there should be a Tesseract involved in this. I mean, it
1: just sounds so out there, especially for the time.
0: Yeah. Oh, and it's, like... I mean, it goes even all the way back to, like, about 1915. I'll get to that in a minute and stuff. But it's, like, apparently they went to the moon, according to this, a lot sooner than we did. Oh,
1: oh. So what does
0: this thing do? Is it a spaceship? <laughs> Not exactly. It's said to have an effect zone, quote-unquote, okay, between 490 to 660 feet around it. Some claim it inexplicable things happen in this zone like crystallization of animal tissue
1: oh my god decomposition
0: of plant matter to grease oh. and gelling and separation of blood
1: oh my like, god don't stand
0: anywhere near this thing
1: oh my god but then that's terrifying.
0: Others, other accounts say that you like look into it when it's an operation and you can see the future, but I guess you like die. What hit the there.
1: heck? I mean, oh my God. I don't even know how you, do you ride in it? Does it propel other things? Okay, let me, let me ask real quick. You might've, you might've already told me, but, and I probably forgot. It's a whirlwind. When, when did this theory pop up?
0: It kind of started long after the war and i'm going to get to how we started to uh, like get the cuz this and sounds potatoes. So,
1: this doesn't sound like something that come out of like the 60s and 70s this sounds like modern weird science sort you of stuff
0: would be- Surprised. In fact, uh, where did that one article? There's like there's been articles that come have come out in like two, in the like late two thousands and stuff. But uh, it was a guy that uh, looked through something else. But um, this Witowski guy reported five of the scientists that were involved in the development of the Bell. They died in the course of the first tests
1: probably crystallized or turned to grease yeah so if this
0: thing is real it's no joke and i say if because obviously i'm a skeptic and we're in this together guys so uh,
1: i believe in we'll talk
0: about a little bit of the evidence
1: you don't have you can be a skeptic i'll believe Ah. in it i'll believe in it enough for the both of us (laughs) the nazis were really creepy and weird so maybe
0: this i mean this is bizarre (laughs) and according to this it's still this is still going currently this is really very strange after World War II ended, a lot of bad guys went on trial for ha- doing a lot of very bad things, mm-hmm. including a Mr. Yakov Sporenberg, a former Nazi OS or former Nazi SS Obergruppenführer. Did I said that <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: It's it was, almost like German's your first language. Oh,
0: it's it's not. Oh my but god, are you bilingual? bilingual? Oh my god! I hope it's not.
1: One of the it was
0: one of the highest uh, ranking yeah, officials. I hope course. that I'm not bilingual in Nazi terminology. But, <laughs> which is not. I'm not no, saying that be, German is Nazi terminology. No. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but, <laughs> But open feel oh, uh, I just watched the producers the other day while Ian oh, was at work, and I show. forgot how hysterical that movie is—the remake, not the G. Yeah. Wilder. But oh my gosh, that's
1: it's such a great, absolutely show. hysterical.
0: So, but this this Spornberg guy was tried for the murder of sixty German engineers, scientists, and technil technol technicians. Uh, allegedly involved with this project. In his affidavit, Sporenberg gave details of the Nazi Bell project calling it Die Glock Mm -hmm. and saying they had to uh, die to prevent them from disclosing any details of the project to the outside world. Mm -hmm. But did he not just do that with his own statement? Like, they had to die, so nobody told anybody about it.
1: But so I'm going to tell you why I killed them. Somebody buddy had to have the information.
0: It's like, because he had to know about it, but then he would have told this. It's kind I don't of, know. Anyway, I don't think this this Igar Wotowski, who wrote this article in the 2000s.
1: There you go. It doesn't sound very credible.
0: No. And uh, he, he said apparently he poured over these statements and was able to determine what it does. And the year two thousand, mm-hmm. uh, where it's hidden and its purpose, and he wasn't allowed to share any of the documents he read, so none of these statements could be corroborated. However, these claims eventually reached Mr. Nick Cook, a British military journalist, who added his own interpretations and published *The Hunt for Zero Point*, another book okay. about this. But the evidence doesn't stop there. Some people want uh, point to paintings from late nineteenth-century artist Charles A. A. Delshow. Uh, Which indicate German engineers had had some of those (laughs) paintings... Which indicate German engineers had knowledge of the bell long before it was actually deployed during World War II. Some say those paintings are evidence that Delschau had contact with extraterrestrial beings, but long before them. Okay. If it had been just one painting, it could have been written off as a fluke, but there were hundreds of them. Mm. Paintings of the bell.
1: Okay, so what was the name of that book? The Zero Point? The Zero Point. Who's it by?
0: By uh, Mr. Nick Cook.
1: Nick Cook. I'm trying to see if that's available on Audible. Ah. That one is not it. I don't see it. Oh, I was going to be like, hey, go buy this on Audible.
0: Yeah, go check it out.
1: Oh, wait, wait, No, that's a... that's a. Oh, did you find it? No, that's a Bermuda Triangle conspiracy theory. Darn. So there are there are conspiracy theory books on Audible. Go listen to Audible, but that's not the one we're looking for. Okay, keep going, keep going. Sorry, I got distracted.
0: So this was one of Delshaus' depictions of this weird German bell thing that could apparently fly. Like one of his. That's
1: interesting. You've looking. even got like little it UFOs looks like a potato in the bug.
0: It kind of does. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, the one theory states that we Americans were not the first country to set foot on the moon. In fact, like I've been saying, in fact, the uh, Nazis beat us by 27 years using the German belt. Ooh. Bulgarian researcher Dr. Va- Vladimir Terzysky claims he has evidence of the Reich's successful mission and that after World War II ended, the Nazis fled to Antarctica to continue the space program. The guy claims ever since they first landed on the moon the Nazi not Nazis 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 started uh, drilling into the surface of it creating a small Nazi research base on the moon. Mm. You know we can like see the surface of the moon maybe it's from on, here maybe it's
1: on the dark side of the dark moon. Dark side
0: <laughs> <laughs> however the theory's been blasted as pure fantasy by academics well yeah no, i mean obviously colin Summerhayes, a geologist at the university of cambridge published a 21 page academic paper to disprove the existence of the supposed secret nazi ufo base in the south pole concluding quote the Germans did not construct a secret base before, during, or immediately after World War II. He needed 21 pages to prove that this isn't a thing. And, and
1: people still believe in it. People
0: still believe in it. <laughs> so, was it used for time travel? Like I mentioned, there was a, some people said you could like walk up to it and...
1: See the future.
0: Some hypotheses state the bell was used to travel through time. The space-time fabric was proposed by Einstein around this era in about 1915. So the Nazis had a pretty good jumping-off point. Right. The book, Still Secret Weapons, Science and Technology, printed in 2007, American author Henry Stevens states die glock... uh, contained that red mercury and describes stories alleging that a concave mirror on top of the device provided the ability to see images from the past during its operation. So maybe this thing didn't move so much as it had just weird. I can't explain that. Mm. Uh, But I guess one thing I is maybe they didn't understand that concave mirrors would flip an image. Yeah. And if the bell kills you, as soon as you turn it on, you're going to be on your side anyway.
1: Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Dead.
0: <laughs> so, That's
1: confusing. Okay. Really
0: strange. But this was connected to the, uh, the quantum foam hypothesis, suggesting that the Nazis may have opened their own wormhole.
1: Okay. Quantum
0: foam, or space-time foam, is the fluctuation of space-time on very small scales due to quantum mechanics. Mm-hmm. The idea was first devised by John Wheeler in 1955. Wheeler suggests that the Heisenberg uncertainty principle might imply that over sufficiently small distances and sufficiently brief intervals of time, the very geometry of space-time fluctuates. These fluctuations could be large enough to cause significant departures from the smooth space-time seen at macroscopic scales, giving space-time a foamy character. The experiments around this... Start to play with the speed of light and get more into some like math that none of us are truly prepared for. So, I like how we
1: both ended up talking about quantum physics, <laughs> I know <laughs> something so, that we're super not qualified in. <laughs>
0: so, time is, time is a
1: bubble bath. Time is a bubble, it's bath. a bubble bath. I hate that show. I
0: love that show. <laughs> screw you, that's a great show. If you guys haven't watched Big Mouth and you need a sex ed lesson, go watch it's Big gross, Mouth.
1: But go ahead.
0: So, where the hell is this thing? Yeah, right. At the end of World War II, because we don't really want this thing in the wrong hands. No. At the end of World War II, both the Bell and its team of scientists and developers all disappeared, allegedly killed by Sporenberg,
1: mm-hmm.
0: including Kammler. Okay. On July 9th of 1945, Kammler's widow petitioned to have him declared dead as of May 9th. This is our buddy at, the, uh, at Auschwitz. Right. She provided a statement by Kammler, uh, Kammler's driver, Mr. Proik. According to which, he had personally seen the corpse of Kamler and had been present at his burial.
1: Okay. A few
0: other people also came forward with slightly differing dates of death, but almost everyone agreed that he had died by cyanide poisoning at age of 45. Okay. However, his uh, the US occupation forces conducted various inquiries into Commler's whereabouts starting in late May of 1945, just before his widow's came his widow came forward. The Combined Intelligence Ob- Objective Subcommittee in London ordered a search for him in July of 1945 after she would announced it. Mhm. The 12th Army replied that he was seen on the 8th or 9th of April, and only in 1948 did the CIOS receive the information that Kammler had reportedly fled to Prague and committed suicide. Some records say uh, that Kammler was in a PO war camp in July, uh, a prisoner of war camp in Mm -hmm. July of uh, that year. So... It's like, where where, where Maybe did he's he...
1: one of the ones that ran away to South America.
0: He could have been.
1: Because have you heard those stories yeah. and conspiracy theories? Yeah. That he... Hitler might even still be alive down in South America? Oh he... Yeah. I mean,
0: he'd be a really,
1: really old man now, but... I think I read an article, like, last year about how a guy that claimed to be Hitler just passed away. Oy. Um, <laughs> I hope I don't know why you
0: want to claim that. <laughs> right? Who would want to claim that? But apparently somebody did. Okay, so we know from basic science that matter cannot be created or destroyed. Matter mm-hmm. is matter. So, where is it? According to legend, there was also a second bell as well, which was also never recovered. Mm-hmm. Some conspiracy theorists say the Nazis moved the bells to the Arctic Circle or South America mm-hmm. following the execution of those scientists. One documentary suggests that the anti-gravity technology was allegedly captured and tested by the United States after the war, and may have been the UFO that crashed in Roswell in
1: 1947. Ooh!
0: That we like brought it over, and we we're like, "What does this thing do?" Let's ah!
1: Play around with this, Ooh. and we probably shouldn't be messing with that. And they weren't aliens that they recovered; they were the all grossed-out bodies of people yeah. who got too close. Got too close.
0: So of course there are people willing to pick this theory apart. Author Jason Kovalito wrote that Wachowski's claims were recycled from 1960s rumors of Nazi occult science, first published in *Morning of the Magicians*, and describes Die Gloc as a device few outside of fra- fringe culture think actually existed. In short, it looks to be a hoax or at least a wild exaggeration.
1: I love that there's literally a specific occultism for Nazis. Like there is specifically like. You you think of occultism and then there is a, a niche market for Nazi occultism. Isn't that bizarre? It's so yeah. weird. Yeah. It's so weird.
0: It's this was really, really strange. But I mean they did go sure. they
1: did go into a lot of occultism on some of the experiments that they performed. You yeah. Know? Like I mean, just the experiments oh, on twins. Yeah. Was well, was occultism that, in and of itself. That
0: one doctor, what was his name? That was the the guy, I don't remember his uh, name. I was about to say famous. Kevorkian,
1: but that's not him. no. But he was famous <laughs>
0: he was famous for conducting those oh, yeah. kinds of experiments on yeah. people. And man, the just the the separation. Hans Gruber, from-
1: wasn't it? Yes. Yes. He was in American yes, Horror Story. Yes, you're
0: right. You're right. <laughs> yes. That's a great season. It was a good season. But, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Hans Gruber. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like a lot of that stuff. They they were trying, like, everything they could, and some of it delved into occultism. So, yeah, I, I it just seems so weird, though, that there is literally a niche market for yeah. Nazi occultism.
0: So, from Santa to... From, from Na- Santa to Nazis. To, to bells, to German bells that are not <laughs> church bells at all, but Nazi German space travel foam
1: Knockers. Uh, Nazi. Nazi do, knockers. Nazi Dalek bells. Yes. Oh, my God. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. That, that I'm was so a, sorry, guys. That was such a weird one, but it's so fascinating. Like I said, I'd never heard of that one before, so that's really yes, cool. It was
0: brought to my attention by
1: a friend of mine, so yes,
0: I did it. Here we go. <laughs> yes.
1: But, all right. All right. Well, thank you guys once again for yes. tuning in. You're the best. Around. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, once again, we will not be around next month, December. Yep, we leave you um, here. don't expect episodes, um, otherwise you're gonna be severely disappointed. We're gonna try to, like, post some stuff, you know, just so that there's, just so that there's something going on during December, but there won't be episodes, but, um, you know.
0: And we may have new merch coming out, too, right before the holidays, so get your merch for your friends and Yeah, there
1: you go. Treat yourself, baby. We have some stuff coming out. Tess, uh, Tess showed me a little, like. Preview a little teaser for uh oodles and oodles of dead spaghetti noodles, sort little of design. pasta
0: appetizer.
1: I'm so excited for that, it looks really good.
0: Yes, it's gonna improve even more too because I'm trying to learn a better way to do it, but mm-hmm. yes, it's gonna look great. So, so, uh, keep
1: that in mind. There'll be some good like ideas for Christmas presents for your friends and family, absolutely,
0: or and for or yourself. yourself.
1: <laughs> Treat yourself
0: because then you can wear it to your Christmas party and you can be like, somebody's gonna like. Ooh, conspiracies and cryptids what's that oh this is really awesome podcast i listen to (laughs)
1: these
0: two are kind
1: of funny they're kind of weird but we love them (laughs) all right well thank you guys again for listening and um it's happy been a great it's been a great season happy holidays for all of you coming up that have holidays yes. in december there's a lot of us and
0: stay safe and, and uh stay sane stay safe and, and sane
1: and you hug know. your
0: loved ones hug and kiss everybody yep. please practice patience these and holidays if you
1: hear soon. any great conspiracy theories yes. over the thanksgiving and christmas and holiday tables please share them with us please because do. The the holiday meal tables are the best places to share conspiracy theories. Absolutely, they so really are. Go
0: talk to that uncle that, that is uncle. just always <laughs> spewing stuff, and maybe we'll maybe, maybe we'll, we'll give you a little soundbite on the show or something. Yeah,
1: there we go. So. All right, all right. So, um, thank you again, and don't forget, Big Brother. Yeah, there is. Oh my God, we got to try that. again. Oh,
0: <laughs> end of the season.
1: Oh, uh, okay. go out with a bang. Okay, okay. So, thank you again, and don't forget, Big, Big brother, brother is watching. watching
0: to learn more about us or read our deeper blog posts about our topics, head over to our website, conspiraciesencryptids.com. There you can find links to all our social media and all your favorite podcatchers. If you like what you hear, leave us some love in the reviews on iTunes.
1: The more you like us, the longer we can keep doing this. And if you're really vibing off this little shindig and you're feeling generous, check out our Patreon. We have all kinds of fun goodies and extras for our devoted conspirators. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for more updates. And don't Don't forget, forget, big Big Brother
0: is watching.